Today's podcast is sponsored by Foodland. You may think it's just a normal grocery store, it's not. In my personal opinion, houses some of the best food on the island. Foods like poke bowls, spicy ahi, oyster sauce, limu. Kulolo, Chichidango, some of my favorite snacks on the entire island. If you're into collectibles, they have some of the cutest themed bags that my wifey personally loves. Be sure to swing by on your next trip to the islands, grab a bite, grab some drinks, Hawaiian miles, and enjoy. Second sponsor of the podcast is a Sato Family Shop. It's hard to explain exactly their dessert, but it's like a creamy ice cream that is unbelievable. It's one of the best frozen treats on the island. Standard flavors include pineapple, green river, and my personal favorite, strawberry. Check out the store in Nuuanu after a hot day at the beach. Won't regret it, and we'll see you guys down there soon at Sato Family Shop. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode two. Episode two. Um, glad to be here uh, with a special guest. We're actually back on the islands now with one of my best boys, uh, Scott. Scott, we call him Nakbar. Scott, what's up, bro? How's it going? Thank you for having me. It's an <laughs> honor. And I'm not sure if I'm deserving to be here, but I'll try to give my best input as possible. <laughs> no, it's a pleasure having you, man. And I think one of the reasons why I wanted you to have uh, to be on the podcast is because I think you and I and, and a couple of our friends all have kids that are kind of around the same age. So I think like our experiences are probably pretty similar, but they're also very different. So I think that's why I wanted to get you in, and you know we can we can kind of talk about that experience. So uh, glad to have you here. Glad to be here. Today's podcast episode is kind of revolving around fatherhood and, and how you think that that changed you. So. Um, you know, in order to be a dad, of course, we have um, you have to have a kid. So tell us about tell us about Owen, man. <laughs> um, Owen is always going to be one in a couple weeks now. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, this year just flew by. He's uh, he looks just like me, and sometimes he does things that I'm like, oh shit, that's that's me coming out. Like, for example, he's got this new toy. It's like the, you know the peg where you put like the cylinders on top of yeah yeah the the tower right the tower yeah yeah the tower (laughs) thing so he loves to knock over like blocks and stuff so with this he doesn't like it stacked up he has to take it off katie my wife has tried to teach him how to put them back on and like he gets so frustrated trying to like fit the thing on the hole that like you just see his like face is just a he's just got like this pissed off face and like that's definitely comes from me (laughs) so when i see those things i get a little worried like oh yeah. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> That's also really cool. Though. It's like a self-realizing moment. That, like, man, this this is like, this kid is half of me, and you can kind of see yourself through that, and that's got to be quite an experience, <laughs> He too, looks right? like he's a little more than half of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, yeah, so Scott and I go way back. We go way back. I mean, all the way back in high school, I think... When did we meet? I mean, yeah, we met during freshman year. I mean, we started hanging out more during, I think, sophomore year. Yeah, I think um, so. But... Yeah, I think it was it was part of that that experience where you know going through high school and there's a lot of changes going on in your life. So we, we kind of went through some of those things together and that that experience. And I think one of the biggest memories that I have is we were in the same um, English class with Mrs. Cheever, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and you know we we got to cruise in that class. And one of the projects we were we were assigned to was you know we ended up writing a song together. So yeah, that was that was so fun, man. Yeah. Girl of My Dream is still the probably the best song I've ever written still yet to this day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that, that was a great experience. And I think, you know, for the outro of today's podcast, um, I'll definitely throw in the audio from that so you guys can check it out. But, um, yeah, I think during that, during that time, we got to hang out a lot. And then all of our boys hanging out in P5. Um, everyone was athletes. You know, Scott played football, basketball. Um, some of our other boys played football and basketball. I think I was the only volleyball player out of the crew. Um, but yeah, it was it was awesome having having all of us together. And now, as an adult, you know, a lot of us are having kids around the same time. So it's it's really cool to to get to share that experience together. Yeah, I'm lucky because most of most of everybody's kids are older than Owen, so I can actually like lean on them for advice and stuff like that, ask questions. I, I mean, like Kyle and Dane, the other kids, like their kids are grown up already. So it's like yeah, kind of crazy to see that. But those guys have gone through everything already so it's like if you ever need any advice those are good guys to go to yeah and then that, I think that was a fortunate experience that we had because we got to see them go to that experience early on and 
and kind of see, kind of get a taste of what fatherhood was like from the stories that they would tell. Um, and I think, you know, having those experiences, I think, better prepared us. But again, you can never really be prepared, as prepared as you can be when, when your own kid is here. So, yeah, that was, that was awesome to have. Yeah. So I think, you know, going into this, this talk, I wanted to, to kind of dive into, like, how, how fatherhood changes you. I mean, as, as I, I started this podcast, I wanted to, like, go through some self-reflection and, and see, you know, if some of the challenges that I face are similar to what other dads face. And I think with, with my experience, I mean, there's, there's been a lot of challenges. You know, I wanted to bring you in and, and see if it's, it's similar or, like, kind of what, what challenges you face with, with the process. So I think for me, some of the, some of the things I've noticed with, with Ethan or Bao is that, you know, with him, once he was here, your priorities change, right? Your priorities change when you become a dad. And I think the things that bring you joy and the things that bring you the most frustration changes as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, like, you, you nailed it, priorities change. Like, you know, before Owen is like, okay, I can kind of do whatever I want, you know. Like, even as far as, like, relationship with my wife, like, like when we got married, I was, you know, I told everybody, like, ah, I didn't feel like marriage was, like, that big of a difference you know we were already living together before that and it's just like you know we just have the ring now and we're official and like our relationship kind of stayed the same and like, you know we didn't fight too much we still don't fight often but like now there's fights that we have is like centered around Owen you know it's yeah like it's something yeah. completely different thrown into our relationship and like I think that's been like more than a change of marriage having your first kid like changes your relationship with your wife but it's like also in like a good way like you grow like a way bigger appreciation for her and like respect for her once you see her carry the child for nine months and then go through like childbirth it's like yeah yeah that's like holy excuse my language holy shit that was that was crazy but <laughs> yeah it, it really is man. It's, it's a it's a newfound appreciation and almost like when for similar experience for me it's like as jaws going through that like you want to help as much as you can but you, you really you can't, right? Yeah. You can do all the supportive exactly. things, but, you know, it, it, it really falls on, on the wife or the mother to have to go through that. And, you know, all we can do is try to be as, as best a support system as possible. And, again, a newfound appreciation for women and how important and the things they have to go through. It's amazing, man. Yeah. It's, it really is amazing. And, and there's definitely a sweet spot as well, along with, like, the support that you're trying to give. Like, you know, you can go overboard and they get, like, annoyed with you. And, like, <laughs> then, like, that triggers me, like, why are you getting annoyed with me? Like, all I'm trying to do is help, you know? Yeah. And you feel like, yeah, kind of like that you're in a lose-lose sometimes, but yeah. you just have to think that, like, anything that you can help, do to help and contribute. Like, I think the biggest thing that I learned to do is to just ask, you know, like, do you need me to do this? Mm-hmm. Do you need this? Do you need help with anything? Like, you know, and like, and another thing is, like, I call it doo-doo patrol, but, like, you know, the wife is the one, like, breastfeeding, and she has to wake up all the time during the night if he wakes up to feed and stuff like that. So doo-doo patrol is, like, when the kid shits, like, you clean up the doo-doo, like, cause, like <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's not fun, but it's a good way of chipping in. And, yeah. And then, like, doo-doo patrol also comes with, like, washing bottles and pump supplies, like, Jesus, I don't know how many times I wash bottles and pumps, but, <laughs> like, I can't wait for Owen to just be eating food so that I don't have to do that shit anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, that's, it's so true. It's, it's, it's hard because, right, because, like, I mean, I think the sole focus during that period of time is to make sure that the wife has the support that they need. And sometimes, you know, there's challenges that we go through as dads, but, like, I, I didn't want to bring it up a lot of the times, right, because I, I see how much stress is that, that job was going through. And if there's something that's, like, bothering me or something that's challenging me, I don't want to put that on her to have to figure out because she's always already going through so much. Um, so I think... Yeah, as a dad, there's challenges there, but I think the biggest thing is just making sure that we can support our wives through it all. And, you know, luckily, our, our I mean, happily, our, our wives have gone through that experience, and, you know, hopefully hopefully we did enough. <laughs> we can yeah. get them on one day, and hopefully we did enough. <laughs> I like the hope that I do enough, you know, but I guess Katie's the only one that can answer that. I think <laughs> she's pretty happy with what I've been doing, so yeah, I'm going to continue this, but maybe... <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And then, you know, kind of going through going through fatherhood and I think um, more towards, like, the priorities change. It's interesting because, like, 
you know, even the things that brought me joy, I don't know if this experience is similar to you, but the things that brought me joy, like, before Ba was here, you know, it was more like hanging out with the boys and, like, you know, maybe we'd, we'd gamble and those things and play video games. But, like, as soon as as soon as Ethan was here, it's interesting because all those things pretty much, I mean, I still, I still throw in a bet here and there, of course, yeah. you know. But, like, the priorities of, like, you know, gaming or, like, hanging out with friends, it's, it's interesting because, like, that stuff's still there. But I think my... The joys that I experience now is, are more joys that like I see him going through, right? And see, and see like Bao making milestones or seeing Bao make a shot. It's like everything is, most of my happiness comes through, you know, seeing him go through those experiences. And I think that's that's such a gift to have. Yeah, it is. It's it's definitely like gives you a new like perspective on life because like it's not the Scott show anymore. You know, it's it's the Owen show now. <laughs> <laughs> and so like even as far as like booking gigs and stuff before I wouldn't even like really ask Katie before you know like I'll just yeah. be like oh gig you know next week Saturday okay let's take it now it's like well I gotta check with Katie because I gotta make sure that somebody can watch Owen like that she's she doesn't have anything going on or, or like one of our parents can take him or something like that yeah yeah and like just small things like that it's like that's a life changing thing like you, you gotta think about Owen before you think about yourself you mm-hmm. know and, I don't have any problem doing that. Like, you know, like like you said, like, seeing Owen smile and have a good time, like, that's what makes me happy and stuff like that. And I don't know, like, I'm really enjoying fatherhood. It keeps, it's, it's given me, like, almost like a boost on life, you know. I feel like yeah. it's kind of in, like, a rut, just, you know, going the day-to-day things. And then, but, like, once Owen was born, it's like, oh, man, like, I feel, like, younger, like, got more energy and, like, ready to, like, get after it you know and make sure that he's having like a has a good life you know yeah it's so interesting right it's like it's almost a sentinel moment like you you don't really feel that but as soon as you're like holding the kid in your arms it almost like comes naturally and it changes right away and i think for for me yeah it's, it's a similar thing it's like once once you're holding him in your arms and realizing okay like i i'm in charge both my wife and i are in charge of like taking care of this kid and, and being and supporting this child it's there's really nothing like it. Your your whole perspective on life changes when you have that kid in your arms, and that's that's such a such a gift to have. Yeah, it is. Um, and like I wasn't really like a, I'm not a baby guy. I don't ever to- hold anybody's babies before <laughs> Owen was born. I probably won't hold anybody else's babies. Like I don't feel comfortable doing that. <laughs> but like yeah, well, and I was worried because I I'm just not good with little babies. You know, every time I hold them, they cry, and like I was super worried about that that was like my biggest fear coming into it and then like once he was born like when I gave the nurse gave him to me I was like oh that like this feels this feels okay like I yeah feels natural like and then like you just get better and better like it's like anything like you know like you just start off as like a white belt you know (laughs) you kind of like work your way through it you know I still consider myself a white belt but yeah just learning every day like sometimes I still put the diaper on crooked so he blows out and shit everywhere it's just a disaster, but you know. But has he had has he had like blowouts all over the house? The funniest thing is that usually like I'm not here when it happens, <laughs> but like I'm the cause of it. Like I put the diaper on crooked, like so. Yeah, so this yeah. is like I go to jujitsu in the morning, so like it's six a.m. So sometimes he wakes up at like five forty-five before I leave. So then I'll change his diaper before I go to class. Yeah. So that Katie can just like you know get ready, brush her teeth before she has to like feed him and buy her some time. So some days I do that, and then, like, I go to class, and then when I come back, like, Katie's just pissed. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> you know right away, right? <laughs> yeah, you yeah. walk in the door, and you know right yeah. away. You, well, you she'll shoot the me energy. the text, like, uh, he had a blowout. Like, your diaper was on crooked. <laughs> like, literally caught none of it. I was like, oh. So I just know coming home, like, oh, this isn't good. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I try to rush home and, like, help out cleaning it up. Yeah, for like, sure. Oh man, it gets it gets fun, dude. Like once, well, once you laugh about that kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean you have to, right? You have to. It's it's funny because like as soon as when Owen becomes mobile, man, it gets it gets funnier because I think one of the stories I had is like John and I were were in our living room one day cooking, and you know Bob was just being quiet, like awkwardly quiet. And I was like, oh, what's going on? And he's just like playing with his toys, and I look, Brian. I, I thought I saw a rock like on our carpet, and I was like, what is that? I tried to pick it up, bro. He's leaving like stray turds, like on our carpet, bro, like a, like a dog. And I'm like, oh my god, like what is this? I thought it was a rocket first, so when I touched it, it, it like got all squishy. I was like, bro, no way. Chased him upstairs, had a massive blowout down his long pants, and it's like, 
those stories you'll never forget but it's so funny it's so funny so much poop stories man I mean I'm <laughs> I've done it more than once to my wife <laughs> oh man her face she's just like covered in sweat like just trying to clean him up and like clean up the house at the same time like oh, oh. It's, it's a disaster but you know those are the things that yeah like you said like you're gonna remember and it's funny well for me it's funny <laughs> <laughs> no yeah it, it, those are hilarious and John and I John and I laugh at about it all the time and I think I, it will definitely reflect on it more once Ethan is potty trained but yeah we, we still haven't started that process yet with his potty training so we're, we tried for a couple of weeks and it's been a challenge but you know it'll be nice too once he's able to go go on his own so yeah yeah there's is Ethan okay, like, cruising in a dirty diaper? Does he need to be changed right away? Um, I think for him, like, we, we started reading some books, and it's like kids know they're ready, like, once they start telling you. I th- he hasn't re- reached that point yet where he's like, hey, like, I consciously am aware that I have a, a, a dirty diaper. Yeah. Like, we smell it, we ask him, and he'll say no at first, but then he'll realize and be like, yes. So not, not completely there yet, but hopefully soon. Yeah, hopefully soon. So in terms of, like, in terms of challenges, aside from, like, poop and stuff, like for me, for me, I think one of the biggest issues that I've had or like that, that I'm trying to work with through necessarily is like tantrums, bro. I think for me as, as a kid, I, I grew up in kind of a hectic environment with like two sisters and there's a lot of noise, a lot of action, a lot of things going on. And then I think my way to, to dealing with that stuff was kind of like stepping back and being more closed off and away from those kind of environments. So I f- feel like for me, when tantrums are a natural thing and when Ethan has them, I think my first initial, initial reaction is to get a little closed off of it because it, it kind of triggers something in me where I have that like own like natural mechanism to, to do that um, so I'm, I'm trying to work through that and, and, and you know being able to like be self-consciously aware when I, I, I find myself closing off is there, is there situations like that where, or experiences with, with kind of anything that you face that you've noticed has been particularly hard with, um, with Owen knock on wood but like Owen is like has like a really like chill demeanor and like I guess because he's so young he doesn't hasn't thrown any tantrums yet doesn't really know I mean like as far as like giving him to other people like we're at family parties he goes to anybody oh that's awesome doesn't cry like doesn't ever really get stranger danger which is a little bit alarming <laughs> but yeah he's just a he's a cruiser and I hope he stays like that but I know that eventually he's gonna throw tantrums and like I I, I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to react to that. I mean, Katie always sending me all these Instagram videos of all these Instagram parents of like, like don't don't yell at your child, don't 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 overexcite the situation and all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 true. Like, I think kids kids go through these stages of like development. I think part of the natural process is to like, you know, feel those kinds of emotions, right? So I think, yeah, I mean, Ethan was similar. It, you know, he didn't really experience that until like later on, like around one, one, one and a half. Um, and yeah, it was it was a challenge. Jia would do the same thing. She'd send me these Instagram videos. I can't remember the names of the of the profiles, but yeah, they talk about like healthy parenting or something, something like, like that, that yeah. and like having empathy and like different ways to approach stuff. And I think it was it was definitely beneficial for me because I don't do well in too hectic of an environment. So I think. Reading those definitely helps, but there's there's really nothing nothing like experiencing it and going through it multiple and multiple of times. So, yeah, I think it, it'll it'll be a challenge, but yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fun, right? Once yeah. you get past the craziness of it all. I think so. I mean, I, I mean, I'm looking. For, I mean, every day every day you see like their personality start to come out more. Yeah. Different sides of their personalities and stuff like that, and <laughs> I'm excited to see, you know, like the challenges that are. Like you said, and then coming to me probably within the next six to twelve months. Um, but yeah. Do you think his personality is, is more similar to you, or similar to Katie, or is it kind of a, a mix? You kind of see it as a mix. Well, it's hard to say because I mean I know that I was kind of a difficult kid, and then Katie's parents say that she's a difficult kid too. So we don't know where this comes from. Like his yeah. cruise, his chill comes from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're just kind of <laughs> happy that it is that Yeah, way, maybe it just know? balances out, right? It cancels each other out. <laughs> I mean, they say the first child usually like that, yeah? kind of more chill. And, and so we just know that if we have number two, that thing's coming out as the devil. <laughs> like, it's not going to sleep at all. Like, and Owen's been sleeping through the night from like the third or fourth month. Oh, that's awesome. Like, the whole night, like, 
kind of like we put him down at like seven o'clock and he sleeps till like yeah. six in the and morning. And with like no sleep training at all, or did you guys have to go through one of those like courses that you oh, tried no, different we didn't do any sleep training? Bro, that's that is we had lucky, to, like, ask man. Ask that pediatrician, like, oh, is it cool if like we don't wake him up to feed him? And yeah, as long as he's gaining weight. Yeah, and it's all good. And he's definitely gaining weight. Oh yeah, so, he's yeah. De- he's definitely gaining weight. This kid is solid. Yeah. yeah, this kid is solid. We took him. We went to one of those like golf simulator things the other day, and, and John and I held him in our arms. Wow, the kid is solid already. <laughs> Just like a linebacker, man. Uh, maybe like I don't know. He might be a lineman. He's about not even a year in it. We put him on like a scale. I don't know how accurate this is, but we put him on the scale. Like sat him down. It was like twenty five, almost twenty five pounds. Twenty five pounds. Yeah. He's not even he's not even one yet. Yeah, you <laughs> one in three weeks. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Two weeks. Two weeks, nice. Yeah. So I think one of the one of the things that you, you know you, you hear about, like with with all those parenting like Instagrams that like our, our our wives will send us, is the idea of like you know being being more emotionally aware. Because I think that is something that's generationally different compared to like what those parenting things say now compared to what it was before. Um, like I think with. I definitely see it with, with, with my parents' generation compared to ours. Like, do you think, like, what is, what is your take on that in terms of, like, sharing emotions or, like, being okay with emotions? Like, well, is that something you guys feel like we want to focus on? Or, like, what is, what is your take on that at all? Um, I, I grew up in a pretty loving family. So, like, you know, we show emotions, good or bad. Um, and so I think that's kind of the same way I feel like growing up raised well and of course maybe less like yelling and chaos and like but you always say that but like how how possible is that you know (laughs) to be honest like like looking back at it like I needed to be yelled at you know I needed some lickings (laughs) here and there so it's like you know if the if Owen is an angel then like what's there reason to yell there's no reason to yell you know but if Owen does like some dumb stuff that I used to do like then he's gonna get yelled at. Like that's just what it is, you know. Like yeah, yeah. Because I don't want him to be one of those punk asses when he grows up. You know, I want <laughs> totally. him to respect others, you know, and be a positive member of this society. Like mm-hmm. those are like, I think those are the two things that my dad really wanted for me, and like he feels good about now, you know. And like, yeah, that's the same thing that I want for Owen. Is like I want him to be some punk ass that's just a trouble and a thorn in society's back, you know. Like, yeah, I want him to like be a positive contributor to society you know? uh-huh yeah I mean that's that's it's all of our goals right is to have our kids being like functioning members that are like helpful and like kind to others and, and happy and happy that that's yeah. that really is that really is I think something that I've tried to focus on is just like doing things to make him happy so whatever comes on in his life that like I find he like brings him happiness I want to support that and kind of you know push push towards those kinds of things yeah that's I mean that's what my parents did for me you know yeah. like, they supported, like, any, like, hobby that I had growing up, you know? Like, even, like, stuff like diving. Remember we used to go diving at high school? Like, <laughs> yeah. And, like, you know, they bought us all kind of, like, you know, like, masks, snorkel, fins, yeah. and the spear guns and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. They bought us all that kind of stuff, and, and like, pretty much all of that stuff went into the rubbish by now, you know? <laughs> like, that's, like, hundreds of dollars of stuff. Bro, I think you still got it. You throw on some fins, we go bulls. But I guarantee you, we, we can go catch something. I'm of, like, sharks and drowning now, especially, like, now that there's oil and, like, there's something on the line now, you know? <laughs> so, but, like, you know, like, all those dumb hobbies and, like, just to, I think, in hopes that one of these things will catch. And yeah. And keep me out of trouble, you know, like that. Yeah. And, like, like, for them, like, another thing that they supported was, like, my music thing, like, started playing music in high school they bought me you know ukulele and guitars yeah and like a sound system to get mm-hmm. me started and now that's like a legitimate part-time job that i have you know and yeah like i make like pretty decent side money playing music on the side for gigs and i enjoy doing it like i don't feel like that's work like i feel like you know i play with two guys that i really enjoy playing music with mm-hmm. and like spending time and cruising and stuff like that so like it's not work it's something that I enjoy and like I can bring in an income like with that like I think that's awesome <laughs> yeah I'm, like I'm thankful for my parents for like not being like shut up turn like you're horrible like, you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah I think as 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 a parent now like you realize or I think I have a new sense of how, how grateful I am for, for what our parents provided us right it's like the opportunities that that they gave us I think we realize how much they had to sacrifice to, to do that. And I think our goal is, or at least I have the personal goal of trying to do the same for, for Ethan as well. Yeah. And I think it's also like, 
you know, like they made us do things that we didn't want to do either, you know, necessarily. Yeah. You know, like for me, it was like orchestra and playing the violin. Like I played the violin from preschool till my junior year of high school. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> I didn't like, know private lessons. Like and then I was in orchestra in high school, like, yeah. middle school through high school. Like, and I hated it. I hated it so much. And I, and like as much as I hated it, like it definitely helped me to have like a ear for music and mm-hmm. tone and rhythm or whatever that I used today that I would ever want to admit but you know like and like the whole time I did it like I wanted to quit my mom kept telling me like you need extracurriculars to get into college yeah yeah you know, that's that, that Asian thing. mom thing right that was there a big thing. yeah the tiger moms <laughs> you can't just play sports like you have to have sports and music and like community <laughs> service and all these extracurriculars or else you're not going to get into college and so I actually thought I wasn't going to get into college because, like, I was, my grades were, like, average. But, you know, yeah. what I mean? but yeah. then when you apply for college, you get into, like, plenty and you're like, oh, well, but then maybe that was because of the extracurricular. So who knows, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's not another example, right? It's like they, our parents set us up with these kinds of things for success without even us knowing it. And going through it, we think, like, oh, man, this is such a drag. Like, I hate this. Like, wh- why are we doing this? But now it's like, looking back, it's like, man, thank grateful for what what oh, they yeah. did I'm yeah gonna, like some of those things like i'm gonna put owen into i don't even know owen likes music so far like, yeah he's into it like when you play music he starts dancing and stuff and he enjoys it i try to buy him all kind of musical toys and stuff like a xylophone or like a cajon thing like mm-hmm. but like i i hope that we can i can kind of push him into music you know like learn how to play the piano or yeah something do you think um do you think your approach is going to be more of like with guiding him towards things that you're interested in or is it more just like casting a net of like different things and seeing what sticks I think we're gonna cast the net and see what sticks you know like I hate soccer you know like straight up I'll say it I don't like it it's a dumb sport but like my wife she played soccer and she liked soccer and like she used to coach like youth soccer so she want you know like that's important to her that yeah she tries it out yeah I and from your like oh, not that fun I'll win like, nah, just kidding but. and from like a metaphor like in terms of cardiovascular stuff for kids, that's a great thing to start oh, yeah, off with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. coordination, that, cardio, yeah. all that stuff is good. But one of the things is, like, he, we both talked about, like, sports are going to be important because he needs to learn how to, like, work with other people and be on a team, you know? Yeah. And, like, also, like, like you said, like, some of my best friends are from sports teams, you know? Like, yeah. And so, like, I think that's going to be important. And, like, like you said, fitness, physical fitness, you know? It can't be, like... So let's let's think of a theoretical situation here, right? Like say say you cast the net, right? And it just so happens that like all the the things that you're into, like he's not really into. Like say say it's say if it's something that's completely left lane from the things that you like. Like, like he's like into robotics or something like that. Like yeah, I mean robotics or like say not if look, not I'm, I'm not looking down on robotics no not at all robotics yeah. is awesome without them we wouldn't the guys have. that are gonna be millionaires <laughs> <laughs> or like yeah or like say like he was he was into like like punk rock music or like stuff that's just completely out of left field i mean uh, you yeah. appreciate it but like stuff that's just different right yeah i that's hard to say like i don't think i mean yeah i gotta i'm gonna support it you know <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna hurt me too. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, if it's like one of those things like punk rock music, I'm like, oh my god, yeah. go hang out with Uncle Adam <laughs> or something like that. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, Newfound Glory, all yeah, those guys. You know, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, Katie likes that kind of music, so I guess she'll be like into that. Do you think it'll hurt you a little bit if, like, if he say if he doesn't? What if he is not as into music as you are? Like, is that something they think that's gonna like feel? Is that gonna be a challenge for you to know? Like, if say if he doesn't take to music as well. Um... The only way, the only, like, reason that would be is just because I know, like, how, like, good of a side job music is. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah. And, I mean, if you don't enjoy it, then obviously it's, you don't, you're not going to feel the same way that I do. But I just know that, like, if you can just have a little background and then find, like, a niche and then work at it, then you can, you know, like, make a little bit of a career... Not a career out of it. Yeah. Per se, but, like, you know, like, side money, you know? Like, yeah, it's, totally. And it's fun and, I don't know... I think, like, music really gives you, like, a healthy balance, you know? Like, if you're feeling stressed, you know, I'll pick up the guitar and play a little bit, you know? Yeah. Just kind of relaxing, good for the soul. And so that's, like, why I like the music aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Sports-wise, like, I don't want to push him to play any sports. Like, 
Like, I, I would love it if he loved football like I do and that he wanted to play and that he was good at it and that, you know, that that it was completely driven by him. I, that's what I want. Like, I don't want to, especially with a sport like football, like, it's dangerous. If you don't want to be out there and, like, you're being forced to play, like, that's yeah. when you're going to get hurt. If you're, you know? like, not fully committed, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so that can get scary. I would never do that with him, with that, you know. And, like, I say that now, and I hope that I can follow through with that, <laughs> you know, but... We'll have this podcast, man. I can, I can play yeah, it back yeah, exactly. for you. I'll play it back so, for you yeah, in, uh, in in 15 years. 15 years, if I'm forcing my kid to play football and he's just getting destroyed by someone, <laughs> play this back for me. Okay, sounds good, Rob. I, I got you. I'll, I'll, I'll put a little bookmark here. I'll, I'll bookmark that. Yeah, I think, for me, it's, like, it's weird because I think... With some of the things that I'm into, it's almost as if I, I hope he doesn't get into it. You know, it's like, there's all this stuff about, you hear stories about kids that are like into gaming at a young age and get super into it. I mean, I, I try my best to avoid, like, as, as much as I like, you know, when he goes to bed, throwing on the, picking up the Xbox and playing games, I like never want to play in front of him because I'm scared that if he starts to pick it up, I don't want him to like pick it up at a young age and that kind of scares me a little bit, so. Yeah, definitely. Like. I, I've, like, played, like, Madden in front of Owen, like, and, like, he just, like, looks at the screen and yeah. he's just, like, in a trance. I'm, like, that's probably not good. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like, I, yeah, exactly. Like, I've tried not to game around him. Like, I'll game, like, when he's taking a nap or yeah. sleeping. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, we, we, we tried to go, like, I remember before becoming a parent, I would see just, like, some kids with, like, iPads, you know, like, iPads in the store or iPads in, like, in, like, uh, in like the shopping carts while their parents were shopping and I always told myself like no like my kid is not going to ever use an iPad mm-hmm. but like I, I've come around that like with a toddler dude sometimes you just got to give him like 45 30 30 to 45 minutes a day of just like educational things just so you can catch your breather man yeah I mean I don't I mean Owen's not he's almost mobile so I'm not like chasing him around yet yeah but I know that's going to come about and like he doesn't really like to sit still already so once he's moving that's going to be even worse but I think like yeah like we recently, like, they're, you know, on YouTube, they have all those playlists of all the Disney songs. Like, so we'll throw that on the TV, like, if we need to get stuff done around the house or we need, like, a distraction for a little while. Yeah. And, like, yeah, he just sits there and stares at the screen. Like, that's probably not good for him either. But, hey, sometimes, like, you know, you need to get stuff done, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Shit, we used to watch Barney and Rafi and Sesame Street. This is pretty <laughs> much the same thing. Yeah, like, and, like like Power Rangers and all that stuff. Like, it's not educational, but that stuff was fun. And that stuff was enjoyable. So, yeah, everything doesn't have to always be, like, educational. There's still some things that, you know, they can just watch to enjoy, and that's cool. Yeah. Is there, like... So, as as he becomes a toddler, is there, like, some things that you were, like, definitely looking forward to from, like, what you've seen with other dads or, like, what you've seen with an experience? Like, what are the some of the things that you're most ex- excited for him for, like, coming up in these next couple of years? Um, I'm excited for him to, like, be able to, like, walk and stuff like that and, like, so that we can go do things, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, take him down to the park and walk around and feed the fish or something yeah. like that. Yeah, You know, when we go to, like, the aquarium or the zoo, instead of being, like, in a stroller or, like, us carrying him around, we can just kind of let him, not let him go, but, mm-hmm. like, you know, let him go. <laughs> yeah. <that's so> <laughs> follow him. How is he with water? Is he, is, is he like, the water? He loves the water. He loves, that's yeah, awesome, yeah, man. he loves the water and it, like... From, like, the first time, he just loved it, so... Yeah. That's a lucky thing, too, because my parents got a pool, so sent him over there and, like, swim. That's funny. I think, as yeah, growing up in Hawaii and, 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 like, being from Hawaii, it's, like, the inherent hope is, man, I wish my... I hope my yeah, kid hope loves my water. water too, I yeah. hope they love water, right? Yeah, I mean, Ethan's the same. I mean, he... I think ever since he was little, like, we, we had him with those floaties around his neck. I know you're not supposed to use them now. There's something dangerous about it, but, like, he's always loved the water ever yeah. since he was a little kid, and... Anytime he sees a pool, anytime he sees a body of water, he has to, like, jump in, whether it be at the... We've got to keep an eye on him now because at the malls, he'll, like, climb on those rocks and, like, <laughs> dip his hand in the water and we got to chase after him and just be like, bro, you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> so it, it gets exciting, but, yeah, I mean, the love he has for water makes me excited to just... A lot of things we do is geared towards, like, areas of water, like lakes or cruises or just, like, pools. So it's, that's exciting. I'm definitely grateful for that. The crazy thing is, is like in high school, like yeah, I used to like to go to the beach and dive and all that kind of stuff. And like as I got older, I don't know if it's like I don't know, but I just like rather would not go to the beach. You know, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, like I don't want to get all sandy, and <laughs> salty, and then have to come home and then clean everything up. It's just like a yeah, almost like a chore now. But that's funny. You know. Yeah, it, it's. 
I think it's crazy, like how I don't know. I'm turning into my dad. Gosh. Like you know, the Geico commercials. Like when I watch that stuff, I'm like, oh, that's like way too accurate. <laughs> right. I think yeah, being in the mainland, I think it makes me miss the water more, bro. Because I can never go to the beach up there. It's too cold. So like anytime, anytime I'm near a body of water, I, I gotta jump in. So we go to Tahoe, and luckily enough, I mean, we're fortunate enough to have a pool at our next place that we're moving into in a couple of years. So I'm excited. I think me and Ethan are just gonna be in the in the backyard all day in the water. Well. You know, Ja will, will join us, but we'll be homebodies just in the water all the time. So I'm excited for that. Brah, Bart, thank you so much, man. Thanks for cruising through. Oh, yeah. That, this was fun. My first podcast appearance ever. <laughs> <laughs> I've been asked to jump on, like, the Mountain West Wire one. And I'm just, uh, I, don't, I don't really like the sound of my talking voice, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny, Brah, because you're a musician and you're a singer. Yeah, but that's when I'm singing, like, even, like, during gigs, like, I don't really talk too much. I'm starting to more just rip jokes here and there, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bro, speaking of the Mountain West, so, UH, bro, give us your take. So, if you guys don't know, Nakbar is um, one of the one of the beat writers for um, for Mountain West Wire, for UH. Uh, so, we have a unique perspective with Scott here about, about the UH program. So, you know, for all you UH fans out there, I myself am one, a lot of our boys are. Give us Give us your take, man, about the year. Um, I think it was, they pretty much did what was I expected them to do. You know, they lost so much talent with the whole Todd Graham shit. But, yeah. you know, Timmy came on late. It's kind of like UNLV situation right now where they just brought in a new coach and the early signing period is in like a couple weeks. So it's like that guy's got to put together some kind of class, you know, yeah. first class. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's got guys transferring out too, you know, just like how Hawaii did. But, you know, this recruiting cycle is like, you know, Timmy's got his whole staff in place now. Okay. So it's, I mean, no excuses. He doesn't have really any excuses to not have a, a class that he wants, you know. Like yeah. Get, get the guys that he wants, you know. Last year it was like half the class was already kind of committed before he got the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Guys. And so, you know, he didn't pick those guys to come in. But he kind of had to take them because he didn't have a, enough time to put together his own class. And so this year, I mean, he's been doing recruiting throughout the whole season, you know. Okay. So so next year's going to be his, his, like, true, his true first class, right, of guys yeah. that he completely recruited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. you know, it, it takes, you know, like two to three years to get your guys in there, you know, I would say. So yeah. I think we need to be patient. I think, I think we'll see a boost already next year. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that we were close in pretty much every conference game except for uh, Fresno State. Uh, San Jose State kind of beat us pretty good too but yeah. besides those two games we were within one score pretty much in all of those games all mm-hmm. the losses and that's you know that means that you're competitive in your conference and that's pretty much all you can ask for when you have a crap ass budget like UH does yeah. playing in a high school stadium like UH is right now yeah I think that was one of the most surprising things when you texted that in, 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 our, in our boys chat is that a lot of the conference games were so close so I mean we're there we're there, right? We just have to, to make a couple of plays here and there, and hopefully we'll, we'll come out on the other side of these games. Um, do you think, in terms, of, in terms of the offense, we're not really running the run and shoot right now, right? It's like a hybrid? Yeah, I don't, I don't, it's not really the, the run and shoot. I think partly is because UH had like a pretty decent O-line this year, and yeah. we had Diedrich Parsons, and our, we had a questions at quarterback, so the focus was to kind of try to run the ball. You know, the negative part of that is you get behind in games and you can't play catch up. Yeah, you can't run. Yeah, can't run the ball. I think you know around the New Mexico game, New Mexico State game is when I think they announced that they're starting to add like run and shoot concepts into the offense and mm-hmm. like that's hard to do like mid season. You know, like yeah. to learn plays, especially like the run and shoot is like you're you're reading all the receivers and the quarterback have to be making reads like after the ball is snapped. You know. Yeah. So that takes time and reps, and you don't get that from starting mid-season. I think that's why there's so much optimism. I think there's a lot of optimism still going in, into into next year, right? This is the first year that Timmy gets his class. This is the first year that we get the whole offseason running through our offense and and getting better. In terms of in terms of spots, you think we need to bring in, or where do you think we need to, to improve the most next year? What what positions or what what areas? Well, I think we lost like two, at least two starting offensive linemen. I think three starting offensive Oof. linemen. Uh, the defensive, we lost the interior defensive line. Um, you know, like the edge rushers that we brought in haven't really produced. 
yeah. throw as much as we wanted them to or that we thought they could. So, you know, we always want edge rushers. That's like, you know, they say that's the second most important court position after quarterback. Yeah. The edge rusher. Yeah, especially with college, right? Everything is so spread out. You got to get pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. yeah. And then linebackers, like Logan Taylor came in for Isaiah Tufanga after he got hurt. And he's he played lights out. He, I think he had, since he started, like was inserted into the starting lineup, he had d- double digits tackles every single game. Mm-hmm. And so he's, I think he had, he has a COVID year, so he can come back again next year. So I think they need to fill one more linebacker position. Um, and then defensive secondary, like, you know, we saw against San Jose State. And yeah, Fresno that State last that, game. Oh. That, uh, the secondary, they didn't really get tested a lot because Wyoming doesn't throw the ball well. Yeah. San Diego State doesn't throw the ball well. A bunch of the teams in our conference kind of suck, to be honest, this year. <laughs> and, <laughs> I know. like, they didn't really get tested. But when they played the teams that had a good quarterback, Shevin and Jay Kaner. Yep. They kind of got shredded. So I think that's a position to look at. You know, we got Peter Manuma, who was, like, the defensive uh, newcomer of the year, freshman of the year, I think, and with Matt Montanus. He's a baller from Campbell. And then on the other side of the ball is Tylen Hines. Is, like, I think he was, like, was number a, three in the nation in yards per carry. That was our DraftKings boy. Bruh. Yeah, that was our DraftKings guy. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, put me on DraftKings, like, UH. We have a chance, man. I know... <laughs> I have a good idea of like who's gonna fall. Yeah, I think I think a lot of the most a lot of the profitable lineups we had this year in terms of uh, in terms of college, yeah, it was definitely all the all the UH games. All the yeah, UH like teams. Throwing Zion Bowens in when he came back. Zion Bowens was big. The the Diedrich Parsons games we caught Hines. him going off. Yeah. yeah. Hines was like he was like four thousand dollars or something, his budget yeah. anyway, like super yeah. cheap. Oof, makes it exciting, man. And then like also like Knowing the other conference stuff too, right? About the other yeah. teams, like, oh yeah, that you're guy came insider. in and dumped on us, you know. So. Right, you're the Mountain West insider, bro. That's 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 why we, we, yeah. we'll, we'll stick with our Mountain West uh, I have lineups. No inside information, you know. I don't, you know, I know a couple of the coaches on the staff, but I don't ever ask them for anything because <laughs> I don't want to get them in trouble or like be that kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My for sure. writing and everything that I come is like just strictly like inferences by either going to watch practice practice or what I see at games or yeah, you know, like. Just, yeah. Bro, if you guys don't know, like, the, the new NCAA football game is coming out. or well, supposed to come out this year, bro. What a disappointment, man, that it's not coming out. Oh, that's complete bullshit. So, like, like I was, I've been telling Cody this for, for since we found out that it's not coming out until 2024. It's like, dude, if you're EA Sports, like, honestly, cancel any other game that you have lined up. Like, I don't care if it's freaking Madden next year. You don't need to bring out another Madden <laughs> because, honestly, the game doesn't change from year oh, to year. Oh, it's terrible. Right? Uh, Just, it's, it's right. You know, You're right. You're out, right. Put out, okay, you know, for next year, put out Madden 24, but, like, just make it Madden 23 and just change the cover. Nobody's going to know the difference. <laughs> I was yeah. telling Scott, like, I think I think the biggest reason why is, of course, they want to make sure all the players are in, but with this whole transfer portal thing, so interesting, <laughs> man. Like, powerhouses in in NCAA, I mean, of course, you're always going to have the big hot guys in SEC, but, like, the ability to transfer that people have now, it's crazy. It should be, like, a slider, though, you know? You know how they have, like, sliders, like... Yeah, to modify? Yeah, like, yeah. They, you can say, like, do you want, like, the transfer portal to be, like, anybody who's not starting is... Like from big schools are dipping. Yeah, I'm sure they could do something like that. You know, like if something. you're power five, and you're or third string and below, like you're gonna transfer. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's got to be something they could do, or like less than you get less than 50 plays in a season, then those guys are gonna transfer. You know do you I mean? think? Like, do you think that's more like like ducking? Like, do you think it's people who are second string that don't want to like compete or just know they can't compete that are just digging out, or like like what is making people transfer? Like all this stuff. There's thing. I think every every situation is different. You know. Yeah. Like a lot of the guys were recruited by a different staff mm. and I think those guys have every right to leave because the coach that fucking sold you on coming to this school yeah like got his bag and dipped or yeah. got fired yeah and now some new guy that doesn't give a like maybe doesn't give a shit about the old guys you know what I mean the old the old staff's guys you yeah know, you could say like you know, like we don't care about we bringing in our new guys and those are the guys that are gonna play mm-hmm. if you're in that situation then yeah you gotta bounce you know but it's like you know, like you're in a quarterback battle through the spring, and then in the fall you lose out on it, and like you're salty about it, and that's why you leave. That's kind of a bitch move, you know. Yeah. But I mean, I can, you know, like depending on what school you're at, like like if you're at Alabama, 
and the guy that's starting, like, okay, this is good. He's winning the Heisman Trophy, you know, like, yeah. I ain't going to beat Bryce Young out, you know. Yeah. But but I can go to Missouri and start over there. Mm-hmm. Or if you're at Missouri and you can't start, then you can bounce down to, like, the group of five, like, go to, like, Memphis or, like, Hawaii, you know what I mean, and start. Then it's, like, I can see why you do that. But, you know, like, like if you're young, like, a freshman or sophomore and you're doing that already, it's, like, like why are you... Why did you even commit there, you know, yeah. if you're going to bounce after one or two years, you know? Like, why not commit to a smaller school where you could get on the field to make yourself happy? Like, if playing time was important, why are you going to Alabama? Unless, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it's, 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 probably, this, it's probably the dreams, right? The dreams that, like, these are, are feeder schools to the NFL. And then if you get in there and you compete, you could, maybe I can get that spot to get into the NFL, right? And I yeah. think once they realize that, okay, maybe I won't be able to beat out that guy, then yeah. it's like, let's get out of here. Okay, well, yeah, say you're a receiver. Yeah. And... You want to go to Ohio State. Ohio State has like, you know, like Jackson Smith and Jibbo, whatever. I, I he didn't even that. play this season. Yeah, I saw the article like too. Four plays this season, <laughs> and he's an afterthought because Marvin Harrison Jr. just went off, like twenty touchdowns or something. Yeah, completely like bald. That. And then that guy, they have like Embuka or whatever, and like Julian Fleming. They have like three or four guys that are ballers on top of Jackson Smith and Jibbo. So that's saying that that's five receivers deep and you're going to come in as a true freshman and you want to start right away, like, good luck, bro. Yeah. Like, okay, so if I'm a receiver, I want to start right away. Ohio State is off my list. Yeah. There's no way I'm going to come in and beat those guys out unless I'm, like, an ultimate unless, baller. Yeah, unless you're a baller yeah. and then you ha- actually do have the talent yeah, but that's so in like, there. Yeah. It's so like those guys that, like, go to Ohio State because they see the facilities and they see all the flashy stuff and then they get there and realize, holy shit, I'm literally 10th string right now. Like, <laughs> I need a bounce. Yeah. Why didn't you just go to, like, Iowa or some other school right off the bat? Yeah. And, like, from there, you could compete to start day one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if playing early is important to you, yeah. then don't go to a school that's stacked, you know? That's <laughs> And tough. that's, like, a, that's a great sales pitch that UH can use is that if playing early is important to you, come here. we got a lot of spots. Come here. Play. Yeah, we come here. Let's let, let's take us can, to the Mountain West. And let's even get the spots that are filled, you can compete for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's open competition here. One of the things I noticed with the NIL or thought about with the NIL is like, would that change the competitive advantage that, that we see with teams uh, in, in, in the nation? Now, you know, we see the powerhouses with the SEC, like the teams that we always see every year, right? The Bamas, the Ohio States, but... Yeah. Do you think with the NIL, like teams that have money but don't have the most talent, you think the power will shift eventually to teams that have the most money and teams like Alabama will, will kind of fade off a little bit? Or do that, you think, you I know... I think that's like Saban's biggest fear. Yep. He saw it this year. He got all pissed off about Texas A&M's recruiting class. I mean, we saw what happened with Texas A&M recruiting class. Jimbo Fish is about to lose his job. Yeah, he's gone. I think he's gone. They had yeah. like... They, Texas A&M brought in like the number one recruiting class in the last like 25 years. Something... Some kind of ridiculous stat if you yeah. measure all the four and five stars that they brought in. Had a crap season, but Saban was up in arms about the NIL, talking all kind of stuff on Jimbo Fisher, and they yeah. had a big spat thing over the offseason. Yeah. But, we did hit the underdog, though. Alabama knows, <laughs> Alabama knows, or Nick Saban knows that the Alabama money cannot compete with the Texas oil money. Yeah. Texas got that oil money. They got that old white money, and they... Like they those those boosters are crazy about football. Yeah. So they're down to just pour everything into those schools. So he knows that if if it's gonna come down to money, he, Alabama can't compete with Texas. You know, like and like I'm I'm gonna say this right now. If the NIL continues the way that it's going, watch out for SMU. The Pony Express is coming back. I'll the tell Pony you that Express, right now. yeah. They're in Dallas, bro. There's so much money. Yeah. They've done it once in the 80s. They got caught. But now that it's legal, <laughs> why not do it again? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Bring them through. And I think they can get to the Big 12 easily. They can get into the Big 12 if they're not That's already true. headed there. Like, they're in the Big 12 country. They can score. and They, they, run, they run that kind of spread offense, right? Spread I saw them drop like 60-something, 70 points, I think it was, in the over they're that in had the Dallas, most points. Like, so that, like, that's where all the good quarterbacks come from is Texas. So they can get their pick of, you know, Maybe they're not going to get the number one guy in Texas, but they'll get the number seven quarterback out of Texas. Yeah, yeah. And he'll sling that rock, you know. But, All right. Like, we'll you know, like we'll they, keep it up, man. We'll, they, we'll, got that, they got that money, you know. So You heard it here first. Nakbar saying SMU 
yeah, SMU in, in, in the next in the next couple of years. That's my team that I'm going to take to glory in uh, NCAA 2024. Oh man, I can't wait, dude! Oh, I'm, I'm so true. excited. I'm making UH. UH is the first team that I take to glory. Yeah, we'll, we'll make UH an absolute powerhouse. I wonder we'll go if to the Pac-12 from first. That's our first move. Is going to go to the Pac-12. We'll dominate <laughs> that for about six years, and then we're off to the Big Ten, like USC and UCLA did. You know, yeah. obviously, Big Ten stretches from. Uh, New York all the way to the West Coast now. <laughs> so, Final Four, um, what do you think, man? So we got, it's Bama against, no, oh, sorry, sorry, Georgia. sorry, excuse me. Georgia against Ohio State? Yeah. Yeah, Georgia, Ohio State, and then Michigan, TCU. I think Georgia was the biggest loser out of this draw because... I would agree with that. Ohio State is a pretty good team, and I thought they should have been the third seed, and I don't know why they didn't make them the third seed because... An Ohio State Michigan semifinal matchup would be so epic. would have been ridiculous. That would be the craziest thing. I mean, oh, in the Rose Bowl or something like, or I guess it's the Orange Bowl. I don't know, but imagine that as your semifinal. Oh my God! Yeah. You know. And yeah. Then TCU is gonna get smashed, or you know, actually TCU and Michigan might be a good game. I don't know. Do but we know? All I know is Ohio State has been banged up all year, and if they can get healthy in this next month, uh-huh. it'll be a better game than people think. I think against Georgia. Do we know? I want to see what the spread is. Like, what does what does Vegas think those those numbers are? Do you, do you know on top of your head what the spreads no. are for those games? See, the thing about Michigan is that they got a pretty good defense. Hawaii scored a touchdown on them, so that concerns me. Um, but okay, here it is. Here it is. Offense kind of sucks. It's inconsistent. So uh, lines opened. Uh, we'll go with the one four matchup. So it opened at six. Georgia Georgia minus six and a half against OSU. And then in the two-three matchup, we have Michigan opened at whoo, it opened at nine and a half. Michigan minus nine and a half against TCU. It looks like sharps bought it down. So right now it's Michigan minus seven and a half, and then Georgia minus six and a half. So yeah, just under a touchdown, TCU, just like, over a touchdown. TCU is kind of like the Vikings. Like they should have lost like four games that they survived. Somehow, Crazy, you know? yeah. Like, even the championship game. Yeah, they were so close to being out of they there. Almost, yeah, they almost came out of that clean, you know, but. Like, I kind of knew, like, they're going to drop one eventually. Like, you can't keep coming this close. All yeah. these nail-biters, you know? Like, yeah. Like, to go, to run the table, you can have maybe, like, two of those per season. Like, mm-hmm. the rest of those games are need to be blowouts. Yeah. Because, like, emotionally, I don't think you can handle, like, that roller coaster. Like, like winning that game and then coming back the next week and having to be in another game like that, you know? Do you think they, uh, <laughs> do you think they got the, the three, four, five right? Do you think... TCU should have been the four, and when do you think Alabama had a chance over over them getting in? Uh, or no, if TCU think, won out, they were in automatically. I think, I think they got it right. I mean, I think TCU, one lost team, Big Twelve. They got to get. They're trying to get. They don't want to get like, because then it would be two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams. That's true. You know that that's yeah. not really a representative of. I mean, I mean, it kind I of it, it, it kind yeah. of is because the Those last like the last ten ten national championships yeah. have included a team from the SEC. I think, yeah, yeah around there. I don't know if I'm right there. I hope I, I mean, am. It almost played out perfectly for Bama to get in. Almost did. I wanted, it almost did. I wanted, I wanted one Georgia, two Michigan, three Ohio State, and four Bama because that would have been the two most epic semifinal games. Like there's sort of basically two rivalry games yep. that you're setting up. Oh, as the, imagine. As the <laughs> Yeah. And then you're still getting the representative from the two best conferences playing each other for the national championship. Yeah. Oh, you know, man. Like, right? Like, it's like a second SEC championship and a second big It could have happened. Oh, that would have been epic. Honestly, like, LSU being in the SEC championship was stupid. Like, they beat Bama. Like, like come on. Yeah. Get Bama in there against Georgia. Nobody wants to see LSU yeah, versus it's, Georgia. Let's see it's the way those divisions Georgia. lined up. True. You know? And then even, like, Ohio State and Michigan, I think, are on the same side of the Big Ten. Uh-huh. So it's like, who played was it Purdue Michigan or something Purdue Michigan like, get, smash like get out of here like let's get Ohio State Michigan for the Big Ten championship you know what I mean like ah uh, gee what are you guys doing like if yeah. you guys really saying that you're trying to make money like let's make some money yeah <laughs> Ohio State yeah it's, it's never going to pan out that way right because they're on the same side they're in the same division yeah, so it, yeah. it's never going to work out that way but man it would be epic if it could but that's why as a semifinal game it would have been crazy oh, dude that would have been insane like that's the, the biggest miss I think of the top four. Yeah. I agree with the top four teams, but the biggest miss was not making TCU the number four seed and Ohio State the number three seed. Yeah. Just because of the Ohio State Michigan matchup. But I guess maybe they're thinking like they're like they're like hedging, they're like doubling down on their bet. Like yeah. oh, if they both win, if Michigan 
beats TCU and somehow Ohio State can beat Georgia uh-huh. and those two teams play for the natty, then that's going to be the biggest natty of all time. Okay, so <laughs> predictions. Let's, let's get your predictions for it. Now, who do you see in the TCU-Michigan? Do you see Michigan stomping in that game? Can they cover the 7.5 easy or do you think it's going to be tighter than people think? I think it could be tighter than people think because um, just because, well, Michigan's going to run the ball down TCU's throat. Yeah. But, I mean, Blake Corum's out. They've got pretty good backups, but Blake Corum was pretty special. J.J. McCarthy, he's playing pretty good. He's playing at a high level for a Michigan quarterback. And I don't know. I think their defense is pretty good. TCU, I think they're going to come out with, like, some trick plays and yeah. try to do some splash things early and try to stay in the game and try to steal some momentum here and there. Yeah. I think that's their only way to victory is, like, like they have to, like, put up points and make Michigan chase, you know? Yeah, especially, I mean, with, with the Big 12 teams, it's all about high scoring, and they never really have the defenses, but we'll see if the, the defense can hold up against Michigan here uh, in that game. I mean, they got, I mean, Kansas State just, what was it, 38 they put up on them yeah. or something like Yeah, that. exactly. So then yeah. imagine, like, Michigan or even Ohio State against in them. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that would yeah, be crazy. Yeah, TCU is, like, definitely the worst team in, I think, on on film, I would say. Not even on paper, on film. Like, you just... They don't look the same like as these other guys. Like Ohio State, and those guys are studs. <laughs> All right, so you, so you have Michigan moving on that one, right? Yeah. Okay, and then Georgia, OSU, minus six and a half Georgia. Well, that's a guy. Uh... Yeah, Georgia is so good. They have, like, we play DraftKings, college DraftKings, and Georgia is the hardest team to play guys off of because, like, if you look at the stat sheet, this is why I think Stetson Bennett has an honest chance, or has an honest bid for the Heisman Trophy. He you heard, hey, you, you heard it here first. I think he I think you can give it. The ball out <laughs> to everyone, like there, you look at the receiving stats. There's like eleven guys with it, like eleven guys, and the most guys has like five catches. Yeah, for like eighty yards and two touchdowns, which is like usually Brock Bowers. You think that's more a testament to Stetson Bennett or a testament to like Georgia just bringing in dogs, just like how athletes, much like everywhere? Georgia has just they have to. And, like, they, Kirby Smart's smart. Yeah. Like, he's getting these guys on. Like, they play six running backs. Like, in the beginning of the season, like, six guys are getting carries. Like, but do you think that hurts his, his, his argument for a Heisman because there's so many athletes around? Like he's, that's, that's what does hurt his argument. Yeah, yeah. Like, everybody's like, fuck Stetson Bennett. Like, Hendon Hooker from Tennessee and, like, yeah. uh, Penix from Washington and Bo Nick should have been in there instead of him. Like, bro, like, Stetson Bennett's team is undefeated. <laughs> They literally smashed Tennessee. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and in those games, Stetson Bennett balls out. Yeah, he does. And like, he does. All the, all the big games, yeah. There's a stat like that. I think Stetson Bennett has only thrown for about like less than 400 yards in fourth quarters this whole season. That's because he's out of the game by the third quarter. <laughs> so like, yeah, he doesn't have the stats that these other guys are putting up. Yeah. In like these spread offenses, but he, he's doing what a quarterback is supposed to do, and that's win. Yeah, I mean, the, the matchup in that game is going to be Georgia's defense against OSU's offense. I mean, George, we, 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 know, <laughs> we know what Georgia's defense can do. Now, can OSU score against them? I think it's also the other way. Like, what is Ohio State's defense going to do to stop Georgia's offense? I think, I think Georgia's offense is so underrated. Yeah, it is, because everyone this, talks about the defense. They yeah. see this Stetson Bennett walk-on, <laughs> little scrawny-ass, like, unathletic-looking dude, like, and they think, oh, he's a game manager yeah oh he's doing like read option pulls breaking down breaking guys ankles on the pool like like right he's making guys look stupid out there as like yeah. this white boy diving for the pylon like he's a baller and he he's a baller he's a point he's playing point guard out there mm-hmm. he's got freaking lebron james he's the point guard <laughs> on the dream team right you got lebron james carmelo anthony Dwayne wade you know to, to pass the ball to yeah and he's he's jason kidd old jason kidd you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, he is, like, 25 years old. He's the same age as Lamar Jackson. That's <laughs> I, saw, I saw that pop up on, on ESPN's Instagram, yeah, like, today yeah. or yesterday. Yeah, that's so funny. But how, he, how, how old is he? 25? Yeah. Whew. Supposed to be his, like, eighth year of college football. But, like... Dang, 25. You, you, how can you not respect that? Like, he went from a walk-on to winning... Or has a chance to go back to back natties. Yeah. At Georgia, his dream school. Yeah, that that story's that story's crazy. That's the story that you tell people that want to transfer. No, that's the story we're gonna make happen in NCAA yeah. 
24 when it comes out next summer, bruh. Picking up a random guy, start him at Kent State, yeah. transfer him over, and win the natty with UH, bruh. But I think Stetson Bennett, like, he started his career as a walk-on in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Then, like, he went to a JC and then came back to Georgia. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. But, I mean, so that's, like, the kind of story. Like, if you, like, he's having unreal success... Probably success beyond his wildest dreams, right? Uh-huh. To be a Heisman Trophy nominee, nominee finalist. Yeah, there's no way he ever thought that, but he stuck it out. Like, you think that he ever thought that he could beat out all these five-star quarterbacks that Georgia <laughs> I mean, brings in every I single mean, year? Probably not. No way. No way. No yeah. Way. No way. And even coming back for this extra year, mm-hmm. he probably thought there's a chance that Kirby Smart says, "Oh fuck, we brought in this five-star stud." Yeah. And Stetson, like, he can throw the ball 80 yards. And you can throw the ball probably like 45. So we're going to give him a shot. Heisman candidate next week. He's got to get a shot in the NFL, right? He's 25. Super old. Uh, he'll get a shot. He'll get a shot, right? As, as hey, a backup? I would take him as my backup quarterback. There you go. You know, he's a great You're, He's probably like the prototypical backup quarterback. There you go. T-Law. Trevor Lawrence's backup quarterback. Yeah. That's, that's a minute. minute. I would, hey, I'd he'll be, take it. I'll take that. You know what I mean? Because you know that he's going to pre- be prepared yep. when it's his chance. And you know, yep. And he's... Not and you know he's run. a gamer. He's you know a gamer. he's a gamer. He's a yeah. gamer. Yeah, that's 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 what I think is the hardest part about finding the quarterback is finding a gamer. Like Cole yeah. Brennan was the ultimate gamer. That guy was a gamer, guy man. Sidearm. I would love that guy. <laughs> was like scrawny, like stoner, like but he was a gamer. Yeah. Man. So you know, next year when they ex- we got news, right? I think something about the Rose Bowl where they signed something where it's going to expand next year. Do you think the expansion to 12, it's 12 teams, right, next year? Or, I don't know. Or eight. 12 or 8. I, I, I haven't even seen So with the expansion, do you think that's going to dilute it, or do you think people, – because people are saying, like, with it's, the dilution of it, it's just going to be smashed as the first yeah, game where it's going to be unnecessary. I think year to year, it's – I wish that they were able to adjust it year to year. You know, because some years, like this year, it's like – it was almost hard to get four. Every, nobody wanted that nobody third wanted, spot. Yeah, nobody Freaking did. USC blowing it. Ugh. TCU almost blew it. You know what I mean? Like, though, this is a good year to have four, I feel like, you know? Yeah. Those five, six, seven, eight teams, I don't think... Like, I'm fine leading Bama out because they have two losses, you know? Yeah. But sometimes there's a year where you have six one-loss teams. It's like, how do you leave them out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I, I think at least more teams will have a chance and people like more college football, right? So, <laughs> I think so more, ex- NFL, yeah. more, more NCAA games would be good. Yeah, I think if they expand this uh, college football playoffs, like if they're going to go to eight teams, I think one of the teams has to come from a group of five. The best group of five, five team yeah. to get the last spot in the college football. As like football. a, as a what, what do they call it? Not a wild card, but like as a... At large bid. At large bid, yeah, yeah, before all of these... So like, yeah, like if bid. they're going to expand it, then yeah, give all the power fives a bid, one bid, yeah. and then there's... So that's five, that's five conference champions. And then there's three at-large bids. Uh-huh. Two of them go to power five teams, uh-huh. and one of them goes to the best group of five teams. Again, you heard it here first. Yeah. Nakbar says SMU, Dude, SMU in two to three. President, SMU, two to three years, we'll see SMU in a final eight as an at-large. Yeah. He called it, you heard well, it here no, first. Maybe not SMU. Well, Hey, who knows? Like, keep an eye on SMU. Keep an eye on SMU. The Pony Express. The like, Pony Express. If, if they don't make any adjustments to the NIL rules, yeah, watch out for the Pony Express. Who would be the at-largest this year? Would it be like teams like the Tulane? I or? think it's Tulane. Tulane's playing USC in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. So I think yeah, they I think would be Tulane. the best group of five. Fresno State would have a case, but Hayner got hurt, and so they lost a couple games that they shouldn't have lost. But yeah, I think, I think you would have to say Tulane, which is... Not ideal because they probably would get smashed by Georgia. Probably, yeah. But, yeah, I mean. <laughs> maybe one of these years maybe, we'll see maybe, one of our Mac boys Maybe in instead there. of making them the eight seed, make them the six seed so that they don't have to play number one seed. Yeah. You know, like, make the, the last two par five teams in at large bids, <laughs> the seven and eight, you know, so they have yeah. to play. I think that would be fair. That would be fair. Yeah. I wonder if... Because even you're playing, if you're, the, if you're the six, that means you're playing the three. Six. One eight two seven three six. Yeah, yeah. Three six and four five. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one day we'll see one of our Mac boys in there. One of our Mac teams. Dude, fuck the Mac. Those guys are so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Mac <laughs> Wednesdays. It's almost like watching high school football sometimes. Uh, sometimes. 
I mean, we appreciate the Mac for what it is because we love to love football. Love on football and on Tuesday and Wednesdays to <laughs> to throw our one units at, at these random no, teams. The, the Mac Tuesdays should not be the group of five representative. It's representative. Action, man. It, Maybe it one day, be like from the AAC or from the Mountain West. Or, yeah. yeah. Who knows? Maybe one day. Maybe one day. All right. Well. Again, Nakbar, thank you so much, man. Thank you so much for, for stopping in and, and joining me on my second second ever podcast. Uh, it's been an honor to have you here, bro. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I, I never really like thought about the things that you asked me before, so like that was cool to kind of get off my chest. Not get off my chest, but just to think about it and like, talk, talk story. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear. I mean, that's what this podcast was about, right? It's just hear, hear dads and kind of, you know, have them like go, go through the process of reflecting on things that maybe maybe we don't regularly think about, right? And and you know, seeing if, if people have different perspectives, and hopefully we can learn from each other, and, and you know, to be the best dads that we can be. And oh, it's exciting, man! I'm, I'm stoked to be able to do fatherhood with you and have our kids grow up together. You know, even though I'm in Cali, you know, it's it's, it's always awesome seeing Ethan, um, Ethan and Owen together, and I'm excited. You know, you gotta, you guys gotta come come up and visit us, man. Yeah, we're. We're not ready for the plane yet. <laughs> but yeah, oh. it's been awesome. This was super fun. I look forward to listening to other episodes too. If uh, you're not already a fan, you got to subscribe and check this podcast out. Cody's got something good going on. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And uh, this is the song, Girl of My Dreams, that we wrote when we were, what were we, 16? No, uh, it must have been like se- 17. I think 17. Because like, I think we were seniors for that class. But yeah. 17. So Girl of My Dreams by Nakbar and Codes will send us out of here. Again, thank you guys for joining the podcast. This is the Oh Shit, Where's My P- Kid podcast. And we'll be back for episode three. Thank you, guys. Peace. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Girl, Cause you're the girl of my dreams, the one every night I wanna walk into the morning light